This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. I want to welcome you to Mercy Experience. I think this is the first one in September, right? It's a beautiful month, the ninth month. Praise God forevermore. Sincerely want to appreciate our father, Pastor Shola Oshumakinde, and our mother, Pastor Abigail Oshumakinde. Oh, thank God for their lives. I want to thank them for the opportunity to share God's word with you. But, I mean, just right where we're seated, I want us to lift up our hands toward heaven and thank God for Pastor Shola and Pastor Abigail. Thank God for them. You know, the Bible says that I will give you pastors after my heart. Ah, imagine if they never decided to act on the promptings of the Spirit of God to do the things that God is doing through them in the household of David and in the household of David. Just say, Father, I thank you for my pastors. Thank you for my parents. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this evening, I just want to very briefly um, share with us from God's word, sort of a charge. You know, during the conference, we received so much, ah, so much, so much word, so much prophetic utterances. And you know, the truth is, you do not need many words for your life to change. You just need the word. So I want to share with us something that I believe we should do to preserve all of the things that we received during the conference. Can you turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 7? 2 Kings chapter 7. Now this is a very interesting story. The story of Elisha. And just before the account that we're going to read, um, chapter 6 tells us about famine. Ter a terrible famine being the experience um, in Samaria. And the Bible said things got so bad that <laughs> in chapter 6 tells the story of how two women had planned on how to eat their children. So one of them said, you know, I would give my child first and they balled the child. Very terrible. That's barbarism. Balled the child and they ate the child. And then it was now time for the second woman to bring out a child, but that one was a proper Nigerian. She hid the child. <laughs> so the woman got so upset, I went to report to the king. And the king was so upset that he said, ah, he says, if you were to put it in common day language, I would deal with Elisha. Why? Because it was Elisha that gave a prophetic word that there would not be rain. And so because of no rain, there was famine. So chapter 7, 2 Kings starts with, the Bible says, then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord 
Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now you might not understand the impact and the gravity of what was said until, I mean, you bring it into modern day um, understanding. So it's like saying that, ah, okay, you know, in Nigeria about this time tomorrow, Fuel will be sold for one naira. I'm telling you. That's what you were saying. <laughs> or to say that about this time tomorrow, it would be one naira. To what? I knew what you were saying. I mean, you, you were, were sharp in the household of David like that, right? Okay. So that's what he was saying. So when he said it, <laughs> The Bible says in verse 2, The Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would have made windows in heaven, might this thing be? And the man of God looked at him and said, Well, behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but you shall not eat thereof. Instead of let this guy beg. I mean, the situation looked too impossible. He didn't bother begging. This was Elisha that had the pedigree of tro <laughs> throwing a stick in water, an axe head, metal floating. The man knew all of that. But he said, man of God, what you are saying does not look possible under any circumstance. So he didn't bother begging. Now the Bible says, verse 3, remember a prophetic word had gone forth. Verse 3, and there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Remember, these men had been sitting in the gate. They had been sitting there for a very long time. So they did not just <laughs> arrive at the gate when the prophecy was made. They were there all along. But immediately a prophetic word went forth. It occurred to them for the first time. That, you know what? Why should we sit here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we still sit here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall onto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, well, both ways we're dead anyway. No issues. Verse 5. And they rose up in the twilight to go onto the camp of the Syrians and they were come, as they were come rather, to the utmost parts of the camp of Syria. Behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel had hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight. <laughs> when did the men begin to, the four leprous men, when did they begin to approach the camp of the Syrians? Twilight. When did the men begin to hear? Twilight. When did the men fled? Twilight. And they left their tents and their horses and asses. I mean, think about it. If they wanted to properly flee, what were they supposed to do? Were they not supposed to use the horses? But you see, they were so confused that they left the horses. There was a prophetic word at work. 
they left the horses, the horses. That's what the Bible tells us. And they fled for their lives on foot. <laughs> and when these lepers came to the utmost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried ten silver, gold, raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried tents also and went and hid it. And then they said one to another, we do not well this day. Is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief might come upon us. Now therefore let us go. I mean, you know the rest of the story. They went back to the camp of the Israelites, told them. Everybody came. People had initially thought that's impossible. When they came, they found everything lying there. And I mean, the prophecy of Elisha came to pass. I have a question. What would have happened if these men, never the four leprous men now, if they never decided to act, what would have happened? There was a prophetic word that had gone forth. The same way prophetic words have gone forth. And you see, when we talk about prophetic words, I don't want you to only think about it in terms of prophetic utterances. The Bible says in the book of first, Second Peter, rather, chapter 1, Verse 19, he calls the word of God a more sure word of prophecy. So prophecy can be preached. Amen? So prophecy can be preached. The word of God from Genesis to Revelation is prophetic in nature. So every teaching that we heard from this altar is prophetic. Because it paints a picture of the future that God desires for you. Now... Prophecy can also be by utterance. Same Second Peter chapter um, 1, I think verse 21, says that only men spake as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. Meaning there were prophetic utterances that would go forth and those prophetic utterances have the ability to transform the life of a man. So whether the prophecy was preached or the prophecy was pronounced, those prophetic words have the ability to transform not only your life, but the entire nation. All that Elisha needed to do to change the history and the life of Israel was to speak a prophetic word. One word. One word was enough for everything to begin to align to make the word come to pass. You see... I want you to understand that every time there is a prophetic word, God sees it as raw material to transform the lives of his people. But there is a responsibility on the path of God's people that I'll just speak a little bit about today. 2 Thessalonians chapter 5. 2 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 20 tells us something very powerful. He says, 2 Thessalonians, sorry, sorry, 1 Thessalonians, rather, chapter 5, verse 20, he says, despise not prophesying. Now, the reason why prophecy does not come to pass in the lives of a lot of people is because people despise prophecy. He says, despise not prophesying. And remember that the person who said these words in 1 Thessalonians was Paul the Apostle. A man who had interacted and mingled with the prophetic so much. So when he's, he's looked at the lives of individuals and said, Hey, the reason why a prophetic word that has the ability 
to transform lives comes to individuals and people just you know rehear it they shout at that moment but they leave is because after they leave they despise the prophecy you know there are individuals who are um, professional conference attenders they were at higher ground so they attend conferences to tick the box say ah there's another conference happening there they carry their bag they are gone they've arrived say ah front seat they will even fight with the usher front seat <laughs> you know they sit down and you know after that the conference they are good what's the next conference uh, that's happening there well, yeah, let's go they are have you seen it happening here let's show hey conference and that is all they are doing attending conferences but you see <laughs> i don't know about you my own goal for attending any conference is for my life to be changed i'm telling you hence i attend conferences with an expectation and not only an expectation after the conference what do i do every word that has come forth i do not let the words fall to the ground i do not despise the words i run with the word what does it mean when when the, when the bible says despise not what does it mean to despise to despise means to treat lightly i mean if i ask some of us you know can you remember the messages preached say, ah yeah it was powerful ah higher ground conference powerful <laughs> hey powerful you know what what was said it was powerful no was uh, was very powerful you know it reminds me of sunday school when i was growing up you <laughs> would attend sunday school and um <laughs> to attend sunday school and you know they'll teach you memory verse i don't know you know if you went to a good if you even went to a sunday school at all you know what i'm talking about now if you went to a good sunday school you you get what i'm talking about now they'll teach you a memory verse, you know. Then when you come the next Sunday, you have your teacher asking you, so what was the memory verse for last Sunday? You know, there are those guys that are always going to be at the back of the class. <laughs> so they'll wait for the other people in front, the sharp ones, to say, they'll say John 3, 16. <laughs> they are not saying anything. <laughs> they can't remember. <laughs> See, I was on the school last week. I was good though. <laughs> Praise God. Don't, don't, don't be like that. So there are people who attend conferences for that. I mean, you say powerful word. You say, ah, what were the prophetic declarations made? Ah, ah, apostle preached fire. <laughs> In fact, say, okay, what did he say? Ah, they forgotten. Do not treat prophetic words lightly. What is the opposite of treating things lightly? Honoring them. Treating it with reverence. So what, what should you do? Go back to the messages. Listen to it again. Ah, you know, I remember many years ago, um, while growing up, just finished secondary school, so I decided to teach in one, one a tutorial or a lesson, they call it then. So I was teaching and um, I remember 
you know, I had, I was one of, of course, I just finished secondary school, right? So I had these older teachers around. So I remember one day, one of the teachers finished teaching, and you, you know, we used chalk. You know, nowadays, most of the schools, especially private school, is marker. We use chalk. Your whole hand will be white if you're a teacher. So after teaching, so he came out and wanted to wash his hands. Mr. Dawa, that's his name. And so he wanted to wash. This guy's a wonderful Christian, wonderful believer. He wanted to wash his hands and, you know, he was looking for water and all of that. And I wasn't teaching at that moment. So I came out and I saw him looking for I said, oh, sir, can I um, get you water? And he said, ah, wow. He said, okay, thank you. So I went, I ran, looked for water, got water in this white keg, you know, came this, I think, is it five liters, that small keg. And I came and I said, Salem, so I was pouring the water, he was washing his hand, pouring the water, washing his hand. After I finished washing his hand, ah, Mr. Dawa stood and looked at me. I was going. And he said, no, come. And I came and he looked at me, looked at me. Nah, sorry, he's washing hand. I mean, how serious can that be? And he looked at me and looked at me and said, can I pray for you? Ah. I said, sir, sure you, you, you can. And he said, you will marry a good wife. I'm telling you. So you can see why. So. <laughs> now. Now. Now, what is the correlation between washing hands and marrying a good wife, please? But you see, these are the kinds of words that have been guiding my life. So I knew I could not marry her. But so when, 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 um, just you know, when one sister, let me not go into, it, said, ah, no, I said, ah, I said, I'm no more doing. And my life said, hey, well, <laughs> that means you are not in the prophecy. So even if I wanted to make a mistake, prophecy will enter. You say, ah, no, mba. She'll be sleeping like this. Prophecy will be telling her, go and break up, go and break up, go and break up. She'll say, why should I break up? Just go, just go. Prophecy is working. <laughs> ah, pastor has told us a story. How some years back, you know, at that time, I, I knew I needed to change my job, right? And it was my birthday. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the story. And when pastor called just to say happy birthday, and he, I, I, he said, what do I want? And I said, to change my job. And he kept quiet for a while. And he released, truth on the phone. Released those words. And in less than 24 hours, everything started happening. And they will tell you in the history of that company that my hiring was one of the fastest. Got to interviews and said things that even me thought, ah, Joshua, I, I don't, you said nonsense. And after we finished the interview, it is the MD fighting for you. The MD that you've never met before, saying that, ah, no, you cannot hire him on this level. Increase his level. And the other people are saying, but sir, we don't usually do this. Said, no, don't worry. I don't know why, but for him. See, prophetic words are powerful. Saturday was my birthday. I received another one. <laughs> I will share the testimony very soon. Because, because I understand that prophetic words have the power to transform a person's life. Saints, 
with all the words that have gone ahead of us. Do not despise it. Go and listen to the message again. When you see when pastor stands here and is making prophetic declarations, did you notice? I mean, for those of us that are members of the house, did you notice that I've forgotten which of the ministers now, I think it was Apostle Sermon, right? He wanted to pray finally and he started quoting the exact scriptures that pastor used to quote for us when he prays for us. You think those words are ordinary? And they are all preaching and talking and talking and these people are not members of household of David so they do not know what happens here. And they come and they are talking about as the host of heaven that cannot be numbered. You think those things are ordinary? Despise not prophesying. This is the reason why a lot of people come for conferences and they live the same. They just live with the hype of the moment. You remember when the Bible was talking to us about the sower soweth the word, the parable of the sower. He speaks about the seed that falls on the rock. I think that's the second category. And he says that these people, when it was the Bible, Jesus was interpreting. He says they received the word with gladness. That means as the word was coming, they were jumping. They were saying, whoo! You know, he now says that, but after they received the word with gladness, he says the cares of this world, as they enter Lagos traffic, you know, as they resume in, at work on Monday, and Ogar says that there is deadline, they forget everything they heard. As they run and are running, pursuing business, let's make more money, they forget that there was a prophetic word made about their lives. Saints, if you hold on to that prophetic word, everything you are doing would become easy. You see, think about it. All that the four lepers needed to do was to begin to move. <laughs> As they began to move, that was all that God needed. Because there was a prophetic word, as they were moving, God amplified their steps. If you do not move, there will be nothing for God to amplify. God amplified their steps and the Bible says what the other Syrians were hearing. Where the horses, they say, ah, no, they've hired, they ran away. Leaving everything that they came with to battle. You see, there are, <laughs> there are some blessings that some people, some contracts some people went to get. They've made money. Some connections people have sweated to get. You see, things that people are sweating to get, they are gathering it. They are not aware they are gathering it for you. You see, the same way the Syrians, they were going to battle. Why would they be holding silver, gold, and all of those things? I'm sure before they left home, to them, they thought that they were going. You said, ah, we're going to battle, okay. Let's just carry. You see, ah. God already knew that a word was going to come forth. <laughs> so he led them to be carrying gold. I'm sure they were carrying gold. What do I even need this gold for? I'm going to battle. They just carry it. Silver. Eh, just carry it. Um, what do I need these ones for? Rain. Because read the Bible. It does not make sense. People don't go to battle with gold and silver and raiment. They go to battle with sword, knife. That's what they are going to Because they are going to fight. But as they were preparing for battle... The Spirit of God was leading them to carry all those things. Because God knew that my people need it. Oh yeah, just be carrying it. So they were carrying. They were carrying. Carrying so much that when they got to the battle, someone preached the message. You know what he titled the message? He says, favor is not fair. 
I keep saying it. If everything you have in your life and all your results in your life are things you sweated and you worked hard for, you don't understand Christianity yet. There is a dimension of blessing where others walk. You just walk into the blessing. I'm telling you. You just walk into it. They've labored and it's okay. Somebody has to do the work. <laughs> it doesn't have to be you. <laughs> With a prophetic word, you just walk into it. And you carry everything that they've labored for and you walk out. I'm telling you. Ah, go back to that business with a different mindset that there is a prophetic word working on my behalf in this business go back to your offices with a different mindset you said ah they promoted me last year ah they can still promote you this year I'm telling you who told you it's not possible <laughs> You know, I, I have seen all manner in my life. Oh. I mean, positive things. <laughs> I have seen, I was explaining to someone, I said, I know that by the grace of God, I know I am smart. And the reason I say that is because I know the wisdom of God is at work in me. So I know that. But I have seen God give me things in my career that I know that it is not intelligence that God destined for you. I'm telling you. How can you explain someone being on a level, a great level, for about five years and you, you join the organization and in one and a half years, they give it to you. And they tell you that this has never happened in the history of this company. In our history, we have never promoted someone this fast. And the, the person telling you knows, because it's the MD telling you. It has never happened before. But, ah, we are giving it to you. They say, we are not promoting anybody in this whole company. But we are promoting you. Then they decide to call it any kind of name. Uh, so that people won't be angry. It's an appointment. Whether appointment or promotion. Uh, something good has happened, Sha. I've seen those kinds of things. And it is by virtue of the prophetic words. Saints despise not prophesying. I'm going to round up with a scripture. Second Timothy chapter one. Second Timothy chapter one. Second Timothy chapter one, verse 18. Paul was speaking to Timothy. And see what he told Timothy. Is that second Timothy 1:18? No, should be first Timothy, sorry. Good. First Timothy, thank you. He says, this charge I commit unto thee, my son Timothy, according to the prophecy which went before on thee, 
that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Verses 19. Holding faith <laughs> and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made a shipwreck of their faith. What am I saying? You see, Timothy became the most successful pastor in the time of Paul. It is said that Timothy was at the age of 18, he was pastoring the church, the church in Ephesus, right? The Ephesian church. That that church was at about 80 members strong. Timothy. And Paul told Timothy that by the... Pro so prophecies have gone ahead. So how do you ensure you do not despise those prophecies? Begin to war with those prophecies. When circumstances come, remind circumstances that I have a prophetic word. But you know you must know, what, know it first. <laughs> I have a prophetic word. Holding faith. Because at this moment, the devil will be trying to tell you that, oh, well, I have ground conference, or just another conference. Ah, it was not just another conference. <laughs> it was an encounter. It was not just an event. It was an encounter. So hold faith. Hold those words of prophecy. Be continue to declare those words over your life. Declare those words over your business. Declare those words over your career. Declare those words over the things that are concerning you. Continue to declare them. Declare them. Declare them. Ignore what you can see with your optical eyes and continue to declare them. And I can assure you of one thing. The same way the prophecy of Elisha came to pass accurately, the prophecy, all prophecies from the Higher Ground Conference will be manifested in our lives in the name of Jesus. Can we rise up on our feet this evening and just begin to bless the name of the Lord for releasing words to us. Releasing words to us via preaching, via prophetic utterances. Say, Father, we thank you. Only you can do these things. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, part of warring with prophecies is to pick up those prophecies and begin to declare another way is to be thanking God for those prophecies. Say, Father, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because my life goes upward only. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you praise and glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to just keep praying while the communion stewards can we serve can we serve the communion say father i thank you for every prophetic word declared in this place over my life i receive them thank you lord i receive them they are made a reality in my life no single word falls to the ground it is a reality in my life no single word falls to the ground by the time we're having the next higher ground conference you are going to be on another level totally totally 
totally. Oh, Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Someone excited this evening? Yeah, so go to our YouTube channel. You can download the messages for free and listen to them again. You know, psychologists say that until you've listened to a message about 16 times, you've not started to understand it. <laughs> right? So listen to those messages again. All the messages preached by Apostle Oropo, Pastor David Ogweli, you know, Apostle Selman, Pastor Jerry Eze, and our own pastor was a brief, powerful word. <laughs> and as you listen to it, internalize it in all the places where you have to shout amen, shout amen. The ones that resonate with you, pick your notepad or some, anything you jot with, write it down and begin to declare it over your life. Despise not prophesying. Have you all got in the communion? All right. So can you just, you know, the communion tonight, I call it a communion for action. Because God is going to empower us to take action. Take action on every word we've heard. And just like the four lepers, by virtue of this communion this evening, you know, that word about what to do will come to your heart. You know, the way it came to the heart of the four lepers, you know, why should we even sit here? They've been sitting there all along, for, I'm sure for years, because lepers are outcasts. They've been sitting there. But on a certain day, by virtue of the prophetic word, it just came to their hearts. Why are we even sitting here? Let's even go. <laughs> oh, you would hear God very clearly on what to do, on how to do, on when to do, in the precious name of Jesus. So this, this communion this evening is awakening something in every one of us. To hear God clearly and activating what will cause us to take action in the precious name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for your blood. We thank you for your flesh. We take it this evening as you have commanded. As we take it, we are inspired to take action in the mighty name of Jesus. There is a force, <laughs> a force that is activated on our inside to take action to see the results of your prophetic words over our lives in the name of Jesus. 
Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. You can take the communion, please. Hello, thank you for watching us. We don't want this to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You know, um, after listening to God's word like this, and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's an opportunity to come to him. And it's a simple process because he has made all things available. I want to employ you now to give your heart to Christ. And by saying these words, because giving your heart to Christ must be done consciously. He has paid the price. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. I believe that you shed your blood for my justification. I accept your finished work right now and I confess that you are the Lord of my life. I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. If you have said those words, you are actually born again, a new creation in Christ. Join us for more of this. God bless you.